Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. In this episode, we will be discussing a very current and important issue. Today, we will be looking into the world of precision medicine, or otherwise known as personalized medicine, depending on the context. It can be used for amazing things, but also very terrible things, and we will of course be focusing on the latter today. Since 2020, we have been on a collective roller coaster due to the virus that shall not be named here. Following on from the aftermath of major lockdowns that have ruined many people's lives, there have been more discussions about the nature of the pandemic, its origins, and whether or not it started naturally or was possibly engineered. Hear me out as biological warfare has been a weapon used by militaries, intelligence agencies, and world governments for an extremely long time, so it's not completely out there that a virus like the one we are battling with today could be weaponized. Currently, around 17 countries are suspected of having biological weapons, and they include Canada, China, Cuba, France, Germany, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Japan, Libya, North Korea, Russia, South Africa, Syria, Taiwan, the UK, and the US. Many viruses have been weaponized in the past. Imperial Japan had an entire program that was dedicated to bioweapons. The team was called Unit 731. In September 2021, nationalinterest.org published an article about what Unit 731 got up to. Quote, human beings were vivisected while still alive without anaesthetic or had major organs removed to see how long they would survive, then had their remains pickled in jars. Subjects had their limbs frozen until afflicted with frostbite, then had those limbs beaten with sticks or amputated. Others afflicted with syphilis, including children, were forced to have sex at gunpoint with other prisoners and the progression of the disease was then observed. Live human beings were used in weapons tests of grenades, poison gas, flamethrowers and bombs, including airdropped biological bombs carrying anthrax or fluid form bacteria. End quote. And this was Japan in the 1930s through 40s. At the time, Japan was very powerful and had major economic and political dominance over other nations. This included China and most of their bioweapons were tested on the Chinese population like they were lab rats. One of those deadly weapons was the plague. Yes, the bubonic plague that killed millions in the 14th century. They just wanted to infect humans with it to see what happened, I guess. Then they got the idea to infect fleas with the plague and drop them onto their enemies in a, quote, plague bomb attack. Quote, in March 1942, plans were made to drop 150 million infected fleas in 10 separate plague bomb attacks against the US and Philippine forces, end quote. If you think the world is bad now, history will show you it's always been pretty twisted. Think about how sadistic and evil someone has to be 
to come up with infecting fleas with the plague then dropping them on another country. I don't even want to know what they're experimenting with now because it's honestly scary. It's scary because to do this there has to be an aspect of dehumanizing the people you're doing this to. War is one thing but biological warfare is a different ball game. Biological warfare has become extremely advanced as world governments and militaries find ways to weaponize more viruses and infectious diseases. The NIH published a medical paper online in November 2017, which you can also find in the link provided in this episode's description. Quote, it has been possible since 2002 to create synthetic viruses in a laboratory when researchers at the State University of New York at Stony Brook published the synthesis of the polio virus. There are now over 140 companies in synthetic biology, end quote. The technology has been here for a while, a lot longer than I'm sure most people would believe. Therefore, in 2021, we can only imagine how sophisticated it is. As medical science continues to make leaps and bounds in regards to discovering new ways to customize medicine to each individual based on genetics, environment and lifestyle, this leads to preventing diseases even before it has done any damage. Scientists have been able to identify how to treat cancer and cure cancer without chemotherapy and radiation even though this hasn't been made publicly available it is still groundbreaking for the average person. Cancer has been a death sentence to many and is one of the leading causes of death today. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world that solely cares about improving the quality of human life and often when breakthroughs like this have been made, world governments will usually see how they can use the same technology as a potential weapon. That being said, the medical article goes on to explain, quote, in addition to synthetic biology, viruses and bacteria can be engineered for enhanced pathogenicity. A revolutionary new precision tool for gene editing, CRISPR-Cas9, raises concerns about dual-use potential. Whilst CRISPR-Cas9 offers the potential of cures to major diseases, it also enables the precision design and construction of engineered microorganisms as potential weapons of mass destruction. In 2016, the US Director of National Intelligence rated CRISPR-Cas9 as a leading weapon of mass destruction, yet global planning for bioterrorism preparedness is still largely framed by Cold War concepts and is largely limited to scenarios involving agents such as smallpox and anthrax in a 20th century context. End quote. When talking about preparedness for biological attacks, what they are saying without saying is what's been shown to the masses is pretty much outdated and the preparedness for today's time in the 21st century is very poor. And this is because you just won't hear much about this on the news or mainstream spaces in general as they don't want people aware of what is going on which is that most of the countries we live in have been using or experimenting with biological weapons, whether that be on their own citizens or other nations. Again, as I have said before, this type of technology could be used to manipulate infectious viruses or diseases so that they cannot harm the human body, as well as 
predetermining if someone is prone to an illness due to their genetics and taking steps to prevent it. Instead, many organizations today have been generously funded to do the opposite. Precision medicine is about accurately identifying and treating someone according to their genes or their particular DNA sequence, but it is basically supposed to be super precise and personalized, hence the name. Whatever they create, whether it be medicine or a medical weapon, it would only work on that particular person or that particular group of people, for example. So what if I told you they already have weapons that have been dubbed as ethnobombs because those bombs have been designed to target and attack specific ethnic groups only. You see how this storyline can get really dark in sci-fi. In November 1998, it was reported that Israel was attempting to build an quote, ethnobomb of their own containing a biological agent that could specifically target genetic traits present amongst an Arab population. Wired.com was one of the outlets to report that bizarre news. Quote, the report citing Israel military and Western intelligence sources says that scientists are trying to identify distinctive genes carried by Arabs to create genetically modified bacterium or virus. The ethnobomb is reportedly Israel's response to the threat that Iraq may be just weeks away from completing its own biological weapons. The ethnobomb program is based at Israel's Nez Ziona research facility. Scientists are trying to use viruses and bacteria to alter DNA inside living cells and attack only those cells bearing Arabic genes. End quote. So this was in 1998. I just need to emphasize that because the average person would not be able to fathom something like this was possible in 1998. I think even at that time, I don't know if they even had phones. I think it was brick phones, don't quote me. But shit, even now it's shocking, but as I've said in previous episodes, there is so much technology that currently exists and we have no idea about it. The technology some government agencies have are decades, possibly centuries ahead of what we have today. So if I told you something like time travel is possible, you say I'm crazy or you just wouldn't believe me because you've not seen it yourself, nor has the government or news confirmed it's real. And that's just how a lot of people are programmed to behave when they hear something that they haven't heard from the TV. Humans are visual creatures and many of us have to see something to believe it, but I think this is very counterproductive for us as a species and could be holding us back in more ways than we realise. However, going back to the ethnobomb because that was very fascinating, a member of the Israeli government deny that any technology of this sort existed. Of course he was going to deny it. This kind of bomb would specifically target Arabs and leave any Jews in the vicinity unharmed. So it's specifically a modernized version of ethnic cleansing. Nobody is going to admit that they're carrying that out. Currently in the present time, the countries that have biological weapons have been honing and perfecting them for many decades now. So today there is an arms race amongst most of these developed countries to have the most advanced and high-tech systems available as that is 
what will set them apart as a dominant country, ready for any potential war. This is made very clear in a PDF file shared on October 2021, released by the Congressional Research Service titled Emerging Military Technologies, Background and Issues for Congress. I've included the link to this PDF file in the description of this episode, along with all the other sources I've mentioned today, and it's definitely worth a read. This document was created by the Congressional Research Service, and they are a public policy research institute of the United States Congress. Their purpose is to provide comprehensive and reliable research and analysis contributing to an informed national legislature. Congress relies a lot on this group for resources as well as encouraging members to think critically about issues presented to them. I also really like the fact that they make these documents available to the public so you can keep yourself informed as a citizen as much of this kind of information would not be spoken about publicly in Congress or on TV in general so you have to seek out these kind of documents and papers. So with that being said, from reading only a few chapters of this file, it has confirmed that the US are actively involved in the research of bioweapons, I'm sure that's not a surprise to anyone, as well as the super soldier technology I discussed in episode 26 which was super futuristic and informative if you haven't listened to it already. I'll include the link to that too. In regards to the information they are sharing in the PDF, it's only unclassified stuff of course but even that is enough to figure out what they would like to achieve in the future. Quote, in addition, some reports suggest that the United States is researching or has previously researched biotechnology and neuroscience applications to increase soldier lethality, including applications to make soldiers stronger, smarter and more capable and give them more endurance than other humans. Some groups have expressed ethical concerns about this research, end quote. Ethics is always going to be a factor especially when moving into uncharted territory such as biotechnology, which can potentially be used as a weapon or even experimenting on soldiers in the military with super soldier technology. Really and truly though, national security concerns are a BS reason governments give the public so they can continue doing something or introduce something they want whether it is good or bad. Just like the Patriot Act after 9-11 that is still used to spy on and unlawfully detain US citizens, which I went into on episode 19, Predictive Programming. So they will create a narrative to support the need for technology like this and the best way to get the public on board if they do share their plans is to use fear. So it used to be the Arab terrorists that were the threat, right? Remember how long they rode that wave? Who or what could it be next? Back to the PDF on page 20, they mention another nation leading in biotechnology. Quote, in particular, China is aggressively pursuing biotechnologies for genetic testing and precision medicine. In 2016, Chinese scientists became the first to use the CRISPR gene editing tool on humans. And in 2018, a Chinese scientist produced, perhaps with the approval of the Chinese government, the first gene-edited babies. In addition, China maintains one of the world's largest repositories of genetic information, the National Gene Bank which includes US genetic data. Such information could be used 
to develop personalized disease treatment plans or potentially precision bioweapons, end quote. So China has been up to a lot, obviously, and they have been collecting data, not just any data, but genetic. This is the future. Genetic data is your personal data, the most personal data ever, more personal than any fingerprint. Through this data, your individual characteristics and traits can be identified. I'm not a scientist, but just reading about genetic data for an hour or so reveals the seriousness of this. Genetic data also contains sensitive health and non-health related information about the individuals and their family members. What if this fell into the wrong hands? China commentator Laowai86 made an interesting YouTube video about China's focus on precision medicine, and I wanted you guys to have a listen. So as not to make any mistakes, let me just quote the Chinese military and scientists directly. The weaponization of biological bodies will become a reality in the future. Biotechnology will make biological weaponization a reality. New non-traditional forms of confrontation, such as biological attack, biological destruction, and ecological control will become possible. Biotechnological weapons can cause destruction that is both more powerful and more civilized than that caused by conventional killing methods like gunpowder or nuclear weapons. The increased pace of development of modern biotechnology tells us that the day on which we will begin to make full military use of its advantages is not too far off. We believe that command of military biotechnology is a reasonable scientific presumption, not a scientific illusion. Emphasis was placed on the potential offensive applications of biotechnology, including ethnic genetic attacks. In other words, attacks that target specific races or ethnic groups of people. Through gene manipulation, we can attack or injure one or more key human physiological functions. The ability to learn, memorize, keep one's balance, or perform fine motor activities. When attacking an enemy with biotechnological military weapons, we can cause physiological dysfunction by producing an ultra-micro damaging effect to a gene or protein structure and functioning. Precision injury and ultra-micro damage are two vulnerating methods based on genomics and proteomics. Unlike weapons that use ammunition whose damaging effects can only be ascertained after shooting, we can test in a laboratory to the degree of damage biotechnological weapons produce. We can control the degree of injuries and damage produced, and even provide an antidote or a cure, a vaccine, a counter-vulnerating agent, or a piece of bioinformation. Providing such an anodyne to our enemies would represent real mercy. You see, China has agreed to non-proliferation of bioweapons, and it has stated that it abandoned all bioweapons research that it previously pursued. It also consistently denied any interest or pursuit of biological weapons in formal statements, declarations, and disclosures by its state leaders and media. However, I want you to pay very close attention to this. It also states, China should not hesitate if it should have to defend itself to use as many means of warfare as possible, including weapons that are not permitted by international law and rules of war, such as chemical and biological weapons. Do you understand 
the absolute hypocrisy of these statements. This is something that the Chinese government does in business, trade agreements, and world institutions. They say one thing and they do another. And you, behind the language barrier, do not understand why they're doing so. Whether it's lab-borne or natural, the pandemic has been a fantastic proof of concept for the Chinese government to show how devastating a negative biological impact can be and has successfully tested how it can be used for domestic propaganda. In other words, look at the rest of the world in economic and social squalor, bickering over vaccines and turning the pandemic into a partisan issue. Think Republican versus Democrat. While we, China, have controlled the narrative and blocked enough information about the true devastation of the virus here at home, that the Chinese populace sees us, the CCP, as not only the victors, but also the saviors. If you'd like to continue listening to the rest of the video, you can click the YouTube link provided in the description of this episode. If this hasn't made you realise we're moving into another era, I'm not sure what will. I chose this topic to highlight the dangers of precision medicine because it's very fucking fascinating and it's something you and I should also be concerned about as people's genetic data can be used without their consent. The rabbit hole is very deep on the possibilities of this technology too, particularly in biological warfare as world governments have been experimenting with this under our noses for many decades. When you look at it from an objective standpoint, this is the perfect weapon of war. Bioweapons have the potential of targeting specific people in densely populated areas whilst leaving others around them unharmed, which obviously controls the amount of casualties you get, but it's also very scary and dangerous for that exact same reason. You and I could be a target because we unknowingly gave our DNA, not realising how much that information could be used against us. For almost two years, people have been taking lateral flow tests for the virus that shall not be named. These tests have been collecting our DNA, but have you thought about what happens after that? I know that some of the tests are done by yourself and you can throw them away, but others are sent off to a specific location and you're then contacted with your results. Do you think they just destroy your DNA? They are using these tests to collect people's DNA and they are then hoarding it. China has done so with American citizens, which the PDF includes also. What do you think they could do once they feel they have hoarded enough of a specific group's genetic data? Thanks for listening guys, I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid or curious, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay curious, for real.